Up in the morning and out to school. It is 19 minutes before the hour here on the Trout Large Radio Show. We continue now with Anne-Marie Banfield. She is the education liaison of Cornerstone Action to the General Court. Cornerstone, a nonpartisan, issue-oriented um, uh, organization that uh, lobbies on a number of family issues, including education. Brought to us this morning by the Straight A Academy. Located in Bedford, innovation in education is their mantra, whether it's standardized test preparation of all shapes and sizes, college consulting to help, you know, Junior or Susie find the college that best fits their needs and desires, subject tutoring or private tutelage, and oh, so much more. Let the professionals at Straight A Academy give your child the individualized attention they need to th- grow and thrive. Learn more at straighta.com. That's straighta.com. Anne-Marie? Yeah, so um, just to wrap up that, that op-ed by Chris Pappas and Andrew Valinsky, I read another article that, that suggests that Andrew Valinsky may be running for governor. And Please. <laughs> and I'm just going to warn your listeners that if this is what he is doing to prep himself to run for governor – um, I personally, I'm going to work very hard to make sure that that never happens because if you care about public education in the state, then as governor, he should be standing behind the commissioner and saying, yes, let's review the standards. Maybe they don't need to be improved, although I would argue that they do because you're, you're using Common Core right now, but at least review them. Instead, he's he's acting like an attack dog. He acted like an a- attack dog during the appointment yeah, hearing. It was he, shameless. Yes, he, he is acting like an attack dog in this article. And instead of, sh- of showing real leadership, because that's not leadership, just being an attack dog. I'm not saying that you don't you know, the constructive criticism is good. He has yet to show constructive criticism on on the issue of public education in the state. He attacked Commissioner Etta Blue during the appointment hearings on his religion. Really? Yeah. On your religion? He, you know, can can we at least... Well, you know, being a Christian is a crime if you're yeah, a, a radical leftist. This was just, it was just unbelievable what I what I witnessed during this, this hearing. And now his op-ed piece has nothing about... What we can do as a state or what the commissioner can do to improve public education. It's just attack, attack, attack. And this is not leadership. And so this and, and, and why Chris Pappas would sign on to that op-ed is just it just shows us that exactly what you stated in your first segment, that this isn't about improving public education. And parents need to be aware of who's out there really doing that hard work. And I can tell you right now, that is Frank Edelblue. He's the one who is fighting this machine and saying, I do want to look at these standards. I want to review them. I want to, not just him, he's bringing in experts, uh, math teachers to look at the math standards, you know, experts in the field to look at these standards because parents out there understand when their kids are bringing home homework and they're sitting down and they're in second grade trying to work on math homework and the parents don't understand it, they understand right away that we have a problem here. And the fact that Valinsky and Pappas are ignoring the most glaring problem in public education today in order to take political pot shots at our commissioner education just shows us exactly who should never 
ever be in Concord sitting as our governor. That Unless he does such a big U-turn, and I don't see that happening because I don't think the political forces will allow him to actually stand up and support improving our standards. Because right now, it seems like the Democrats have just said no Absolutely well, no. There, we support these lousy standards in our schools. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are two two points we'll, I'll make on this, and then we can move on. Yeah. And that is, uh, first of all, uh, Andrew Volinsky shouldn't be talking about standards at all, in my never-to-be-humble opinion, if he's not going to put his kids in the schools that are subject to them. When you spend the money, which he has every right to do, to send your kids to yep. elite private schools yep. that operate by a different set of standards, yes. then maybe what your goal should be is to try to figure out how to get those elite private school standards yes. um, installed into the government school system yes. so that every school has a higher standard to reach for. So if he's uh, if he's going to take that tact, then I think it's fair game to ask him why he didn't, if the standards are so good, yeah. why he didn't allow his children to go exactly. to the school schools that lived by them. And Pappas, listen, one of the most uh, obnoxious things that I found about people when it comes to education is that those without children of their own, biological children of their own, are most often the ones that will discount parents' input on how their children should be educated. It's a false sort of, I love kids, I know what's best, from people who don't have the experience of living with them day in, day out, getting to know them as only a parent can know them. And uh, as a result, their expert uh, uh, insight into how, not to say that they don't have insights that parents don't because of their training experience and all that other fun stuff, but the ones who don't raise their own children, in my opinion, are the first ones to talk about what's best for kids. And way down on that list is what the parents have to say about it. I deal with it routinely as a school board member from parents who say, hey, I want my kid only to have half-day kindergarten and your school district's telling me I have to be all day. I know my kid. I held my kid back because, and now they're trying to undo that. Uh, You know, I just, all right. We only, and Marie, we only have seven minutes left. <laughs> well, um, so I kind of wanted to bring up a, a good thing. Um, oh, wait a minute. Pierre in Manchester, it's never oh. about a race to the top for the Democrats when it comes to education. It's always about the lowest common denominator, which is always a race to the bottom. You're correct, Pierre. Thanks for the comment. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That is true. And if you have a comment or a question, exactly. 606-6762, or do what Pierre just did and find me through Facebook. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, you know, just, yeah, to kind of wrap that up, Chris Pappas also voted to, to appoint Bill Duncan to the State Board of Education. Bill Duncan is the biggest proponent of Common Core. So, <laughs> you know, th- th- you know, it, it goes back to your first segment where, you're, where you highlighted that so many people are involved in, in education policy but really are not focused on improving the quality of public schools. And I would, I would say that Chris Pappas and, and Andrew Valensky are not focused on improving the quality of public schools. And no, throwing money at a school does not necessarily improve it. So, you know, again, back to back to that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I did want to bring up a couple other things. Like uh, there was a technical advisory sent out uh, by the Department of Education in New Hampshire based on uh, HB 103, which was Victoria Sullivan's uh, legislation on sex education now, which means that parents will now know, now be notified when that topic is going to be 
yeah. discussed in a classroom. A yeah. Very pro-parental rights mm-hmm. education. I don't know any parents out there who say, oh, no, please don't notify me. Please don't tell me when this is going to be taught. Most parents who care about their kids would love to just know. And again, this is not something that's going to force the school to teach whatever another parent wants to teach. It just simply says, just notify me. Just let me know when this is going to be talked about. You may approve of it. You may like what the school's talking about with your children. You may not. You may want to do it yourself. You may want to prep your child. You may want to ask them when they come home after school, you know, what did you learn? Let's sit down and talk about it. This opens up the discussion. It is very pro-parental rights. I know that Victoria Sullivan represents, um, uh, I'm not sure what, what, what ward in, in- It's Ward 9. Ward 9, okay. A very working class blue-collar ward in the city of Manchester. Yeah. The, they have the old style Democrats down there, the mm. ones that love the babies and hate the taxes, the yeah. classic Manchester Democrats. They should be thanking her right now for her efforts to support parental rights uh, when it comes to uh, our public schools. She serves on the House Education Committee. This was one of her- um, sponsored bills. She got it through, got it signed by by Governor Sununu. It's very pro-parental rights. It simply just says, hey, parents, this is going to be discussed in your child's classroom in two weeks or whatever the time frame is. And we just want you to know. Now, I think you need to ask yourself, why, why, wasn't, why weren't schools doing this before? I think it's pretty pathetic. I think any superintendent, any principal should have been notifying parents to begin with. And how sad is it that that they weren't? But regardless, she got that legislation through, um, and now you now parents will be notified. And this is a good thing. It opens up the discussion. And and again, it's not telling the schools what they have to teach. It's not getting rid of this this in, in, in public schools. It's simply just making sure the parents are aware. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And well, so, that's if the districts decide to follow it, which, as yeah. we know, the districts don't always uh, do. Well, and they and they might be confused. Okay, you know, does this apply to uh, maybe a biology class? Well, of course, it's not going to apply to a biology class unless you are speaking in terms of sex education. If that is being done in a biology class, then yes, they, that biology class would be required to send. Um, parents a notification. And, uh, you know, so I don't know what's going on in all the other classes. But yes, I think that uh, school board members need to be aware, teachers need to be aware that if this human reproduction, that kind of uh, discussion is taking place, take a look at the law, take a look at the technical advisory, read it, mm-hmm. understand it, and do the right thing. Well, gee, if I can get my uh, proposal to have teachers notify in advance the parents of what materials will be used in the classroom so that they have a chance to look and observe beforehand, then we will have solved a number of these parental notification issues. I can't tell you how heads exploded across the district office when Gerard said, yeah, I think we need to do something so that teachers are sending a syllabus home, you know, at least at the beginning of every quarter that gives the parents a general idea of what will be taught, what what will be used to teach what, when, um, and, you know, at the beginning of every trimester in the elementary schools. And you would have thought, you would have thought that I had just, uh, you know, proposed a merit pay system or something. They lost it. Which tells parents right now, which should tell you right now how bad the system has become. Because if if they are, if they want to cut parents out of the loop. That's how bad it's become. And I know that teachers have to deal with some parents who don't even care. I got it. Yeah. I think we all understand it. And and that's sad. That is the sad state that we have to deal with right now. But you you know, you just don't give up on parents 
as a whole. You just don't give up on them and you keep them engaged because that transparency, that kind of approach to uh, respecting parents, I think it just goes such a long way. It, it, you know, it just goes a long way of, you know, if, if I'm a parent and this is coming home, I can remember, I mean, um, this was a gazillions of years ago when, when my kids were young. Um, and this was in a Catholic school, but the teacher was, was a sixth grade teacher. And she said that they were going to be covering a subject in the science book. And it wasn't, it wasn't sex education, but it was, it was about reproduction. Mm-hmm. And she just notified us that, hey, you know, this topic is coming up. It's not sex education, but it is reproduction. So there's, you know, some discussion of, of, you know, the egg and the sperm or something like that. You know, I think it was even with animals or something. But um, just, just FYI, parents, just an FYI. And, and I just looked at that and I thought, okay, this is not going to probably go anywhere with me and my kids because it just it wasn't at that at that age. Mm-hmm. But how nice was it? How nice was it that she just wanted to just make us aware, just in case yep. you know there was a discussion or something came up out of you know one of your, well, one see, of your at children. The, at the end of the day, though, that's what they don't want. It's respect because they they say they want they say they want parental involvement. They yep. want they want parents to be partners in the education yes. of their children, but they refuse to provide the parents with the information that is necessary right. for them to be partners. And when the parents ask, they either don't have it or they make it difficult or yes. they just make it unpleasant, which discourages parents from asking. Right. You know, I actually had Connie Van Houten, who's a former school teacher, Ward 12 school board member, when I proposed this and discussed it in committee, say that uh, sending a list of books that the teacher is going to use home to the parents could even be misleading to parents about what's happening in the classroom. And just because we send it home doesn't mean all of a sudden we're going to solve all of our parent participation ills, and most parents won't even pay attention to it, and blah, 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 blah. So be it. Okay, so be it. But as I said, if the district sends it home and a parent objects to something that happens in the classroom after it happens and yes. they were notified in advance, that's on the parent. That's it's not right. on the district. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I say. And, uh, yep. And by the way, so you're saying that because parents might not understand. So her position was, well, ultimately the resolution of this was the administration, and this was a stipulation of my motion, will come back with a plan that has teachers at all levels communicating in advance what will be used what resources or materials will be used in their classroom she voted against that because she wanted the administration to have the flexibility to come back and say well what if they what if they want to come back and say we don't need to do any more than we're already doing or we don't want to plan because what we're doing is just fine i said i'm not interested in that status quo i'm interested in transparency in the classroom period oh please watch that curriculum and instruction committee meeting it will be an uh, grab the duct tape and your favorite tasty adult <laughs> beverage. Wrap your head, take a couple sips, push play, and watch the hour unfold. It will blow your mind. The conversation yeah. we had to have—that's crazy. That's anyway. crazy. All right, you got about a thirty seconds to a minute left. What's left on your punch list? Well, I, you know, we'll, we'll talk about maybe next about uh, the, the tests that are coming out, the standardized tests that we, you know, there's there's something called the NAEP, and it's a national test, and mm-hmm. it's, I think it's given to eighth graders, and I don't even know if it's given to every eighth grader, but included in the NAEP, it's not a, just eighth graders; it's random samples. Yeah, of random yeah. samples. So included in the NAEP is a survey that your child takes, and, and most parents have no idea that their kids are being surveyed through standardized tests, <laughs> and. We have a law now. If you survey kids, you not only have to notify them, you have to seek their written consent. So now schools are going to have to get consent from parents before they give them the NAEP. 
There you go. Mm -hmm. A little helpful tidbit for those who don't want your children surveyed so that that information can show up God knows where, even if it's only through the inevitable server hack. Anne-Marie Banfield of Cornerstone, as always, we appreciate having you in the house to advise our large and loyal listening audience of all that's happening. Is the hour over? In public education. It is. Oh, shoot. I had more. I know. That's why I was trying to (laughs) see how fast it goes. We'll save it. All right. There'll always be the next time. We're going to take a final check for traffic, weather, and sports. Whatever it is Josh can do with what we have left, we'll be back with a preview of tomorrow's busy show. Stay tuned. All right, everyone. Tomorrow is Friday already. And um, let me see. Oh, actually, don't leave yet. Tomorrow's... Don't leave yet. (laughs) Friday already. Mike Bistany will be in for fitness. Make sure she doesn't leave yet. Mike Bistany will be in for fitness effects. The boys from Auto Care Plus will be in for Auto Care Corner. Al Caprillion joins us for the weekend weather. And given what Hurricane Irma is doing out there, you might want to make sure you tune in for the latest and greatest on that. Plus, James Patrick Riley joins us for the history segment and oh, so much more for your entire team here or the entire team here. I am your ever humble host. Oh, programming note a week from today. We will have the president of the Islamic Society of New Hampshire, the president of the mosque, here in studio as our guest, along with other members of its board of directors. You see, folks, when you, when you, when you persist and you give everybody a fair chance, it all works out. So make sure you mark your calendars for next Thursday. That's when you probably want to want to listen to a lot. For the entire team here at Trout at Large, I am your ever humble host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. Until tomorrow, be good, be well, don't do anything we wouldn't do. We're proud to have in the audience. Thanks for being there. Please remember our sponsors. Give them the first opportunity to earn your business and let them know you heard about them on Trout at Large. It matters. Be good, everyone.